we are talking about a comic book, which we all read. If you did not also read this comic book, be aware we may talk about the events that happen inside of it. If this is going to make you sad, you should read the comic book first. That's like playing pretend with five-year-olds. Oh, that Spider-Man, he was just a clone. Did I just have a stroke? Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast. I have tough skin, apparently. I did not know I had this power. Comic book talk by comic book geeks just like you. What we did not know was that Nikolai Tesla was the original designer of the Fleshlight. Make it, make it, do it, makes us... Welcome, everybody, to episode... Did dying give you a heart on? No, only half of one. The other half is very sad for you. <laughs> Look, that is a very a quiet the half chub that I have never heard. Yuck. Ask Mike. Yep. Um, I would like to take this opportunity to point out that Seattle poet extraordinaire Alyssa Ball is coming out with a book called... Uh, personal growth, which is a book of boner jokes. Hmm. Awesome. That actually sounds pretty awesome. It's going to be fantastic. Oh, so do you know what it is when when a guy gives another guy a boner? Like, not not sexually, but like just because of something that they did. It's called a broner. Yeah. So like, yeah. if you tell a story and I'm like so excited that I get a job, yeah, you just gave me a broner. If that happens, don't ever tell me, please. Oh, I will make sure. Well, that. Let I will you look know directly in your eyes. And <laughs> yes. be like I got a broner. I got a right broner now. right now. Stand, a, stand up and be like, see. Uh. As a non-penis possessing person, do you get half chub from random exciting things? Some sometimes. <laughs> no, not really. When the Seahawks were crushing it in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, no. 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 Okay. There have no. There have been not moments been where. <laughs> It's I I have gotten so excited that I've gotten like a little tick like mm, mm, like a little bump kind of I'm like, like man. push ups yeah yeah like yeah not like a full you know but not but but still like definitely an excitement or a swelling I feel like there's something you're not telling yourself <laughs> God look at that defensive tight end oh. <laughs> no welcome no. everybody to episode 82 of the However, Trade Secrets podcast. Are you going to try again? We're uh, <laughs> talking about boners today, apparently. Um, my beard inciting them. Specifically, for some reason, we're talking about Eddie's boner. Uh, my bro- no, broners. Bro- Eddie's broner. half-chub broners. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how long this discussion is going to continue. I, I hope it's over. <laughs> God, I hope it's over. You can follow hashtag boners yeah. on <laughs> Twitter. Yeah. Hashtag, yeah, hashtag broner and describe moments where your best friend or BFF or somebody that you enjoy hanging around got you so excited. That got you so excited that you got like a half chub. Technically, Megatron is my heterosexual. Just a little mate. swelling. Yeah, well, has yeah. he ever given you a boner? I mean, boner is such a strange word. Uh, yeah, uh, it is uh, a little bit. Yeah, that's very. I mean, I can honestly discern where it comes from, but ha <laughs> 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 I didn't even mean that one. No, yeah, that was right. so good. <laughs> so uh, today we are going to be talking about uh, the first seven issues of the New Fifty Two Batman run, which uh, encompasses the Court of Owls storyline. Uh, it is collected in a trade, of course. That's why we're doing it on the show. Awesome. Um, we probably should have read City of Owls as well for this yeah, show. But I, wa- I got um, to the end of it. And I was like, but the thing. And, oh. uh, so, There's no resolution. Yeah. So we will talk in, we'll be talking about <laughs> that later. For now, uh, I know that I know um, 
uh, Anne is holding <laughs> holding some pink in her hands that she wants to Just talk about. the tips. Uh, so with my subscription to Sex Criminals at the awesome Arcane Comics of Seattle, I got... Just the tips, which is just the stupid sex tips that they put on the top of the letters column, letter daddies, uh, plus various Ask the Sexperts, amazingly amazing uh, erotica, <laughs> movie reviews. First time, uh, like, porn, like... Finding porn in the woods type stories, first time having sex stories, reader stories as well, but um, yes. Have you ever read an erotica book? Yeah. Hmm. I know, that was a silly question. I'd never, I've, I've never, I've never read like an erotica story. Really? No, I don't. I, I'm trying. I'm trying to think back, and I don't think. I, I mean, not. Dude, my first uh, porn was my grandmother's romance novels. <laughs> I accidentally <laughs> read one one time. Well, okay, like a fan, like I don't, I want to say a fan made one, but like a, like a John story of his time with a prostitute. Like I've read that before, but I've never read like an erotica mm. story. So I don't, I don't think I've ever read an erotica novel. Yeah. Um, I've read some erotica comics. Like, yeah. um, especially because like, I've read, Graham. I read, uh, I read Lost Girls, which was yeah. actually, f- especially for erotica, was actually very good. Mm. Um, uh, Brandon Graham has a, like, high school girls erotica comic. That huh. is completely batshit insane. <laughs> really? What flavor of batshit insane? It, like completely random stuff. Oh, okay, like wacky madcap. Like wacky madcap. There's a scene where uh, one of the girls is brushing her teeth and she's super happy and she's like, "My teeth are so clean." And she comes back from the restroom that's attached to her, you know, place. And one of the girls had brought in a butt plug that got launched out of her butt into the girl's mouth. <laughs> Okay. Oh, man. okay. I'm, I'm seeing in, in, the, a, the in a comedic way. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wacky madcap, a little bit of slapstick. I, I did not expect that from that book, to okay. say the least. Yeah. I know we've talked about it on the show before, but I think Anne actually turned me on to Ogloff. Which Ogloff is, is the best. Amazing. And there's two hardcover collections now, apparently, nice. which I need to find because uh, Ogloff. You can probably is, get them on Topatico. Okay. Yeah, I'll take a look because Ogloff is hilarious and awesome it's like it's like D D only with lots of sexual stuff in it and and like crazy weird sex stuff boner demons and like all kinds of yeah it's pretty awesome tentacles come sprites uh not sometimes. as much no, sometimes, sometimes but not as much of tentacles it's it's not as much anime as it is more no, like see, western that's the fantasy so, so like hentai is like erotica yeah. sure you know what i mean so i've watched hentai and arguably most shows on showtime are erotica um, because they're very liberal with nudity. So it's HBO. So, yeah, I mean, if you've ever watched a show like Californication, I right, watched it's that show. Like yeah, those, it's, that's, it's, an, it's an erotic. It's it's like, and I've spent enough time on Cinemax when I was a kid. Yeah, like Cinemax, Cinemax. <laughs> uh, as far as, but I don't read. I just, I don't know. It, it's smut not, peddler. If you're looking for like quality smut, smut peddler. Yeah. Um, is that a book? A movie or a show? It is a comic book. <laughs> Okay. Uh, by Spike, edited by Spike Trotman, but it has a ton of people, including the Ogloff folks. Um, it's more aimed at women than it is at dudes, but mm. there's probably something for everyone. Hooray! There was a web comic that you and I t- that you've talked about on the show before that I've talked about, not specifically erotica, mm. but it's um, we interviewed the artist on the. Oh, show. Dan- are you talking Danielle about Corsett's Girls with Slingshots? Girls with Slingshots. Yeah. She's got a quite a few links to, um, like. Doesn't is doesn't she isn't she the one that has a another comic website that's centered around 
Are you thinking like of erotic Erica stuff, or is that Moen's, Erica Moen? Erica Moen's Ojoy sex toy. Ah, thank you. That's which what is, I was trying to think of. Which is, I mean, fantastic. Girls with Slingshots is mostly just like about life, but it's, it's it a, also it's has more like a romance type thing. So. Yeah, I mean, it's just like I don't know. It's slice of life, but there's sex because people have sex. Um, I was I was actually I was more thinking of Erica Moen Apparently. because I was yeah yeah um, everyone. I had gotten Erica Moen and, and Daniel Corsetto mixed up. Uh, they so. did. They did germinate at about the same time. Yeah. And, yep. But Ojoy Sex Toy is really cool, and it has a lot of links to other comics, other erotic comics, both funny and not funny. Oh, and uh, re- like general sex sex resources too. Yeah, yeah. Space spaceship Titus Titus is, is what? It? It's like an erotic comic comic book. It's not. It's not Japanese at all. I think it's. Yeah, it's called like Spaceship Titus or something like that. It's it's two those two words in some order. Okay. But <laughs> okay. I know. It's there like Titus Spaceship or Spaceship Titus. But it's not Spaces Tight Ship. No. But it's about it's like about this all female crew who um launched this first it's like a unique ship for interstellar travel and so they're they're they you know, so they eventually run into like space pirates and everything. But pretty much in every book there's a wild sex orgy. <laughs> Hooray! So it's like the robot, there's a service droid on the ship. Yeah, service droid. A, right? A. That can that can change its attachments. So the what, you R2 dildo. Be if it couldn't. Yeah. So wait, so there yeah. There you go. So the the one of the mechanic <laughs> on the ship C three Pinero. Yeah. I don't know. So like the the mechanic on the ship, at first the, the, the robot has like different attachments, different stuff, and she's like I have an idea. And so she goes and gets one of her sex toys and attaches it to the robot and programs the robot to basically dildo. screw her the way service that she wants her. a service droid. Right? Yeah. There is a fantastic piece of short, uh, short <laughs> fiction <laughs> in that book that short, is, um, that is a, it's, it's the vampire one. That oh is my God. The vampire one is the fantastic. best. Was it everything you hoped it would be? Ready? Janice wanted to fuck the vampire. More than any werewolf or ghost, the thought consumed her. She unzipped Gary's dirty jeans to unleash his undead alabaster peener and was stunned at what she saw. It's so small and soft, she blurted gently, her super moist mouth suddenly drying up as if a dick sponge was recently in it. Gary explained, It's been too long since I've fed, so my body cannot spare the extra blood required for an erection. Perhaps if I feasted on you a bit... Janice nodded, willing to sacrifice anything for a crazy dicking. And Gary plunged his teeth boners into her thick neck, taking a good gallon of the yummy blood. Janice was pretty weak, but she still went straight for his flesh steak, which was now hard as a rock. Oh, it's still so small. Yes, sorry. <laughs> that's end of story. The end. Yes, the end. Sorry. Yeah, that's Zadarsky and Fraction for you. Yep. Uh, the, speaking of Zadarsky. Speaking of Zadarsky. Howard the Duck. Oh my yes, god! Bringing back Howard the Duck with Joe Quinones doing art, it which looks is so cool. Fantastic. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all with that's the a Howard, good group of with people. the Howard the Duck cameo in um in Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy. Of the Galaxy yeah. I'm not totally. I'm not surprised at all. I think there's going to be a lot of um. A lot of characters, minor characters that we haven't seen for a while, are going to excuse me are going to start resurfacing. Mostly because of film, you think? Because of, well, right, like the Guardians of the Galaxy. The, well, you know the Adam Warlock and the Howard the Duck, and um, I forget what the Space Dog's name is. And Battle uh, Hug. No, that's not. And the, space uh, dog. the Lockjaw. Lock. Yeah. Lock, Lockjaw. No, yeah. Lockjaw is the Watcher's dog. 
Lockjaw's in Miss Marvel about, right now. I'm talking about the dog that was in Guardians of the Galaxy with the actual space helmet on. That's not Lockjaw. Oh, Laika? Yeah, that's an actual real world thing. That's not a Marvel Comics thing. No, it was a Marvel Comics. It was. Thing. It's like the oh, space dog was in no, Marvel there Comics. Is, <clears throat> wow, that's really gurgly. Um, <laughs> so there's um, he was part of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy in the comic. I completely oh. right, on and that. him and Rocket can't get along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that and then the the there's a character apparently called like the Eyeball who was like the dumbest <laughs> villain ever in Marvel history. However, he's not as dumb as Mysterio. Mysterio's great, man. <laughs> I Mysterio love killed dumb villains so much. You know what? Let's talk about that for a second. Who is the worst? <laughs> fuck. Who? Who is by- Stilt Man? Stilt Man. Is Arm Paul Lad a, a uh, Arm Lad is a hero? Hero, and he's also DC, right? Yeah. Oh, it doesn't matter. Is Marvel it? DC. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Worst supervillain. Doctor Light is pretty bad too. Yeah. That's pretty. I yeah. don't. I. You know what? I don't know who the worst villains are because I try to avoid try remembering to, them. Like, well, and I don't read. Uh, well, I think. I mean, personally, I think Spider-Man has the weakest lineup of villains. Really? Worse yeah. than the Flash? Outside of the Sinister Six, oh. I would agree with that. I mean, I think the Flash. Uh, no, is, half the Sinister Six is fucking D-list. Vulture's great. Sandman's great. Electro's great. Rhino. Mysterio. And... Rhino has his moments. Can the only ones that are really worth that I sorry? Think, did you just say Mysterio as in great? He's a yeah. great concept. No. Venom, what is the concept behind Mysterio? He was an, um, he's an FX guy, okay, so he uses yeah. illusions. Okay. There was a point where someone gave him actual powers. There was something that happened where like everybody's things got magnified, mm-hmm. and so he actually gained like legit... He could do the things allu- he was pretending yeah, to do. that he was pretending to do, but no, Mysterio is a fucking douche. Um, Have you read Old Man Logan? Myst- oh, God. So good. Yes, but... No, but there's parts of that. It's there's parts Maybe. of that that should not. There, like I, I like the story, and you know, there's a rumor of an adapt movie adaptation of that. How that'd be interesting. However, I like the story. However, as with most good stories, there are certain pieces though that should be removed, and that is definitely one of the pieces that should not be in that book. Yeah, the uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they did an old man Logan thing because I mean, they've got a. <laughs> I know this is going to sound really rotten, but eventually they're going to have to to switch solve for the fact that Hugh Jackman is getting older. Yeah, uh-huh. right. So they're going to have to do like an old man, and I think that's the perfect way to do it. Right? Like he's he. he now don't get me wrong. We just saw Days of Future Past, mm-hmm. and the guy looks pretty fucking fantastic he's for like, being fifty something years old. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Jean, but, Jean Valjean really can kick some ass. So. Yeah, but um, eventually, when he gets when he gets older and it is likely just looks too old to play the part, and they don't want to spend the money on the special effects to make him look older, then that's the perfect place for an old man Logan. And it's story. a perfect way to reset the universe. Yeah, because then you can you know you get a you can get a new Wolverine. Well, well, they already reset the universe a little bit too. They they Days retconned so much in Days of Future Past, X-Men. which X-Men, never happened. I was and that so, is the problem with X Men is that because from the minute. They wrote time travel into that story. Like as soon as Bishop appeared, that was it. Like that, yeah. Bishop and Cable basically say, "I can do whatever I want in the X Men universe," and it's never set in stone. I do have to say too. I we we just watched Days of Future Past for the first time, and uh, it it was good. It was not as good as people made it out to be. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. It's it's a really good you movie for. The, it's a really good entry in the X Men movie franchise okay i don't think it's up to the quality of a lot of the other marvel like mcu stuff Mm -hmm. and and other superhero movies it's just it's it's really good but 
it, it's another one that people way overhyped for me. They were like, oh my God, it's as good as You're everything. a victim of overhyping Yeah, right? A lot. Because there's so many. <laughs> I don't know what it is. And, and in a way, in a way, it's a good thing. I have a feeling that the reason that I get overhyped on things is because I tend to eschew negativity, especially on social media. Mm-hmm. If people are. What? You did just say you tend to eschew negativity? Yeah. Okay. You spend a lot from of other people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Clarification. Clarification. Right. Not, his, not his own. <laughs> Clarification. Being. Um. So, like, in my social media feeds, tend to be very positive. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't tolerate people that just complain all the time. I usually just unfollow or unfriend people, and except for his um, own complaining, like, but okay. well, that's <laughs> I don't yeah, unfollow myself, motherfucker. Different. Luke's bitching um, on Facebook is epic. Yeah, it is um, legendary. But if you will. I think that's why is because most of the people that I read in my social media feeds are being positive about things instead hmm. of negative. So it has a tendency to overhype things because I don't really get the opposite side of the coin. Hmm. I only get the, this movie was amazing and I loved so every minute of it and it was so fantastic. It's the greatest X-Men thing that ever X-Men. Which is, <laughs> is my feed pretty much. Or it's oh just yeah, I nerd followed you all, a long time oh, ago. fucker. <laughs> I have a suggestion. A no-ner. Unfollow a everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So your feed is just you and only you. <laughs> yeah. Just, the this is the dip. most depressing thing <laughs> ever. Speaking. Follow only myself and rename my Twitter feed Echo Chamber. <laughs> um, speaking of The Flash, as Anne was bringing up, they they did the crossover. Which, which I is, haven't seen yet because it's not on the free. No spoilers. No spoilers. I won't spoil it. I will just say that it's it's very good. In the sense of uh, Luke had a con- we, Luke and I had a conversation about Arrow basically being CW's Batman. Oh, right? it's clearly oh, totally. And it basically defines the line between what is the main difference between a re- normal human who is just mm-hmm. trained and a a meta human, mm-hmm. right? And if it's even possible at all that you know a normal human can even win that battle, so Ooh. it's definitely something. It's it. it you know, I know a lot of people are watching the show for different reasons, but like if you're a comic book fan, I think it's very interesting just to watch that crossover part mm-hmm. because it kind of seeing it set live action in that world really, really brings a lot of things into perspective. Like especially arguments that being that we're talking about Batman this show, especially arguments that a lot of people, including myself, had made about why Batman is so good and why mm-hmm. he's you know considered the pinnacle or one of the pinnacles. Um, of the DC universe because of how he separates himself being that a, a lot of people want to coddle him as and um, as like Martian Manhunter and others have tried to coddle him because he he's like, you know, you're the only one of us that doesn't have superpowers. And Batman's like, don't give a fuck. My name is Batman. It's like I do what yeah. I want. You know, it's like I and I really. And, go ahead. No, what are you going to say? I, I'm just going to say. So basically, if you go with the the, the Trinity for DC. You've got Batman, Superman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Woman, Mm -hmm. right? Superman is an alien, like flat out. He's just like baseline better than anyone on the planet. Of course, Wonder Woman has magic, so she's she's better than and and half and half god. Yeah, half god. Bruce is like, I'm not. He's rich. He's a privileged white dude. Rich. I'm privileged, but I'm also determined, and I'm more determined than. I'm so determined that I can overcome. Yeah, his determination is a big factor. Your, you know, inherent. Advantages, yeah. So definitely, I would say definitely for fans out there, without spoiling it, because I know a lot of people are not caught up. Um, 
I definitely can't wait until you're able to tune into that episode. We've got four episodes of season two left. We just and and I, I posted this on Facebook, but um, oh, I'm De- not worried. Of, I'm oh, not no. worried oh. about spoilers now because this is a year old episode of Arrow. Do you care? Oh, I've it's, seen it. Okay, I saw that you put that, and I was like, I think the I Statue just, of Limitations. It is. It is the Statue like of Limitations. But I'm still or whatever season two. Still, it's season. It's the end of season two, so it's it's literally all about a year old, and I and I'm just being nice. Yeah, but but that. That episode where <laughs> there's two episodes in a row where where Deathstroke is where Slade is basically just tearing Oliver's life to pieces. Yeah, and the that the end of the episode where he just knocks on Laurel's door, opens the door, and says, "I know that Ollie is the Arrow," and then he just fucking mic drops walks and away. walks away. I no! was like, I literally, yes. we were just, I was yeah. like, oh, that's fucking amazing. No, that was that was awesome. That Manu like, Bennett is so Manu good. Bennett is fantastic mad, in that show. I'm mad that they. Well, you saw Spartacus, right? When he's in Spartacus, he's no, really I haven't. Good. I haven't watched. So Spartacus he plays Crixus, and he's really good in that. And he he's also in. Um, oh crap! It's another. It's I. I can't remember. I'm not. I'll skip it. But he's also in another show where he's his character and the characters that they've put him into. He is ideal. Like they're doing yeah. a great job with casting. I'm upset that they closed out that Slade Wilson arc. You know yeah. what I mean? Because. I think he should have been a reoccurring. Absolutely, you know what I mean. Def- just because of the character and how awesome he is, and don't say too much more because, like I said, I, I still know. haven't finished season no, 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 two. No. So just his presence alone in like in the universe is great, mm-hmm. and uh, I think they're getting to the point where they might be trying to throw too much at us. You know, maybe at, now like, yeah, it's like they're almost to the the equivalent of the you know Batman X3, Forever three right. Like they have to be careful. <laughs> yeah, the we quest wanna, stands we wanna, on the edge of a knife. Yeah, it's it's okay if you don't close. I, I really wish that TV producers would would know that it's okay if you don't close something out in a season. That's that's fine. You know, you want to do your season finale. And they I do. Get it. They do well, live in fear of being canceled. But the other th- the other thing to consider that, in, at least in my opinion, especially with superhero TV, is. A standard network season is twenty two to twenty four episodes, yep. and that is that is a lot a of lot. fucking That's space to fill. Yeah. So I like having single season arcs, and I was actually thinking about this the other day, especially for the Flash, for maybe Gotham, you know, for shows that are centered around standard superheroes like yeah. we're used to. Um, all of them have their rogue, rogues gallery, quote unquote, yeah. right? And you know that could be anywhere from five to thirty villains that are considered core to that character. Right. With a TV show, you're looking, on average, especially with a superhero show, you're probably looking at a maximum of five to seven seasons of the, the, of yeah. the show before it gets yeah. before it dies. I am totally fine in the context of a television show with them bringing in a big bad for a mm-hmm. season closing out the storyline with that big bad with that big bad going away like mm-hmm. either dying or being removed yeah. somehow from the storyline because of the fact that as a closed environment mm-hmm. that seven seasons of that superhero show it's okay to just tell a story and be done with right. it you know i actually really like that about tv because when you've got a comic book that's running for yeah. 30 40 50 years you can't kill anybody because some fans going to get pissed off mm-hmm. and um, you're you're going to alienate people and and writers like the I shouldn't say writers the editors that are in charge of those properties are so blindly afraid of getting rid of anything that they could possibly bring back. Right. But with TV, you don't have that restriction, right? Yeah. You're yeah. like you're you've you've got a limited run and you you're able to do 
in a closed environment, able to do whatever the fuck you want with that limited run, and I think that's kind of cool. So let me ask you this. Do you think that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will just be around through Marvel Universe Phase 3, or do you think that it will eventually die? I I think it'll be like maybe Phase 4 or something like that, and they'll go on past like that level of sort of... It really all depends. I mean, that show, it really depends on the ratings because they, they yeah. have set it up in such a way that they can run that show for however fucking long they want. Well, right. And, and it's, it's dead time between movies. I yeah. mean, really, like, literally, yeah. like, really, as you know, it's, it is a, li- it's a link. That's yeah. probably it's why the show can exist, honestly. Well, and I do like, I mean, we're, we're caught up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I, I do like the fact that, um, especially with season, uh, the way they're doing season two, mm-hmm. they do have their own arc. Yeah. But then they can. Like they have a one or two episode tie-in, right? right? Where they're like, like in the first season, they you know they of course have the big tie-in with Captain Marvel. Yep. They had or Captain America, Captain yep. Marvel, uh, big tie-in with Captain America, Winter Soldier, and then they had the the like smaller tie-ins with Thor: The Dark World. Yep. Mm-hmm. But the the season itself was its own thing. Right. Agents had it its was. own thing, and I and I like that. I like the way they've got it set up because with Joss Whedon at the helm, that show could go yeah. you know for a long time, and they could do whatever the fuck they I'd, want with it. I'd like to. To ask if everyone at the table is privy to the Suicide Squad casting announcements. Yes, I saw that. Will Smith is, as yeah. uh, Floyd shot. Lawton. So, uh, okay. I, I it's <laughs> Oh hell no. It's I know it comes down to So I read I read I read the article and Which then I read and I read these comments. Different than the already on TV. That's what I was about to say is cast. It is yet another indication Deadshot. that DC does not know what's going on. Has zero intention of connecting its TV and movie universes yeah, at all, right. which is so fucking stupid. The Floyd Lawton on Arrow is a good cast. I think it's a it's a good character yeah. pick. I this is what I don't like, and I don't mind. I don't I don't mind when you switch character ethnicities and stuff like that. Sure. I cares, mean, I think right? Will, Will Smith would be a great Deadshot. It's what just, I what I a shot. what I think what. I hate it when it seems forced. When yeah. it's tried, like they're really, oh. it's like, oh, we want to, we want to cast an actor that is not this, you know, this ethnic background in this role. So let's put, hey, Will Smith, he's a, you know, like, so it, it just seems, it, you know what I'm saying? I, I know, okay. I know exactly what you're love saying. That guy. And, and actually, kind of, yeah. yeah, I know what you're saying. And actually, in this particular instance, um, I, I actually think it might be less about the casting people looking for Will Smith for their show, for their movie, and more about, in all honesty, Will Smith trying to get into an ensemble role where he can rebuild his career. Because the last oh. couple movies he's made has been fucking horrible. Earth. Like, After Earth. Oh, after Earth, yeah. bad. Yeah, right? Like, he's Terrible. been in some bad the shit. The last success, I think the last... Summer success was Hancock. Hancock was good. Han- I think Hancock was the last. Hancock wasn't considered a success though. It tanked at the box office. Uh, People hated it. Like reviewers hated it. I liked Hancock. A I lot. liked it I, too. I really enjoyed Hancock, and I liked I liked it a lot. But it did not do well, hmm. like critically. Well, don't forget, you also got Independence Day too. Oh, that's coming. Is up. that a thing? That's a yeah, thing. that is a thing. Can I just say how stupid Jurassic World looks? And oh God, it looks well, so bad. Okay. So I really just want it to be Chris <laughs> Pratt cuddling baby raptors for two hours. I have an army of raptors. <laughs> uh, Jurassic World and Terminator Genesis what both look oh, so no, bad. No, Terminator Genesis is going to be amazing because I am going to be fucking lit when I go <laughs> see that movie. Uh, like, I'm going to go over yeah. to Cinnabar 
or wherever yeah. the fancy movie place is. I'm going to go hang out in the bar for about two hours and get beforehand. Freaking smashed. And just get <laughs> shitty. You know. And then I'm going to go in and I'm not going to care about plot. I'm not going to care about dialogue. All I'm going to care about is, oh my God, look at that fucking bus flip over. This is the most amazing so, action scene. You know what it reminds me of, Andy? It's like Transformers. Four? Is it? Oh God! I did get shitty. I got Whatever. shitty. I got That's what I'm saying, right? <laughs> it's like I went to that movie with low fucking expectations, and you know what? When I walked out, I was pleased because I didn't let anybody <laughs> no. overhype it. I didn't let anybody overhype it. I didn't read any reviews. My friend called me was like, "Did you see it?" I was like, "No, don't fucking tell me anything about it. I don't want to know. I want to go in there thinking this is going to be the worst fucking movie I've ever seen." And when I walked out, I was like, "Oh, it wasn't bad." And you know what? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, because so. because if I would have fallen subject to the overhype, uh-huh. oh my. My God, I would have walked out of there trying no, to no. slip my throat on the way to the car. Check this out, right? I knew it was going to be a bad movie. <laughs> I got drunk before. Like, I went with a couple yeah. buddies of mine, right? And we went to this bar beforehand, and I'm just kicking back, like, these super hot beers. Like, I'm talking 10, 11%. Yeah. Oh, God. And I have, like, five of them. <laughs> I didn't eat lunch that day. And I oh, was like, oh, awesome. Right <laughs> to the bloodstream. And I'm just like, man. Woo. Well, dude, it's like. I, I'm, I'm golden. When these, I am so drunk, it doesn't matter how bad this movie is. When these movies come out, I, I will was be, wrong. I will be in Germany. So, you know, I will have me a super fucking tall Steiner. Yeah. A couple yeah. of those will out. I'll be like, Whoop. I just, I just, I don't know. The Terminator one bugs me partially because I am like my movie going tastes tend to run pretty counter to a lot of people, especially with properties like Terminator because Terminator three is awful. I I think everybody got Terminator three is awful. It was bad. The, it was a a cinematic masterpiece. The only part of that, the only part of that movie that I liked was the crane chase. Like that action sequence was cool. The rest of the movie was awful. It was awful. Terminator Salvation, though, I like was it. really good. Really good, yeah. Especially if you watch them, if you watch the movies in order, like we watched all of them in one day, and you actually watch like Terminator 2 and Terminator Salvation back to back, they did a fantastic job of keeping with the, the um, theme, the world and the theme of, of the movies. They really did. They did. They added a lot to the canon, and they they actually made it work. And so, wait, does Terminator were, Three not come after Terminator Two? It does. But or is it's it like, like they're pretending it never yeah. happened? But it, it's not that they're pretending it never happened. It's just that it's you don't have to watch it. Like okay, you, you yeah. literally, there's nothing happens in Terminator know. Three that Terminator Genesis Terminator, addresses. If you really think about it, Terminator Three is a rehashing of Terminator 2. It's oh, of the course. same fucking story. They're all the same story. They're all killer robots well, from the uh, future. Well, well, see, Terminator... The, well, well, yeah, but the first Terminator was... Slightly more hu- different killer well, robots Well, no, because the it's this human guy. She, The baby hasn't been born yet. Like, yes. You know what I mean? They sent him back. So then, like, Terminator 2 is like, okay, now it's we It's the reversal ro- of it, right. right? Because you send the Terminator back, and the right. Terminator turns out to be the good guy. Which right. is fine. I'm, I'm totally okay with that, but sure. Terminator 3 is basically Terminator 2. Yeah, it's, it's like really, it's like it absolutely is because yeah, it's it's it it's is the same exact story, it's the same except they kill Sarah Connor older. is dead at that point. Except they Sarah kill Connor's Sarah Connor and, off and, screen and off yeah, and, from uh, fucking and, cancer, and John is a little older. That's weird. Like that's it. It's exactly the yeah. same fucking shit. Yeah, I mean, and Terminator Three pissed me off because it was literally like um, I can't wait till we see Terminators. It was yeah, right. Terminators. It was God. It was a sub. They basically. You know damn well the only reason they made Terminator 3 was that a producer somewhere was like, oh, we can subvert everything they said in Terminator 2. Yeah. Right? Because the whole point of Terminator 2 was Sarah Connor thought that um, the whole... She thought that the the future couldn't be changed. She had right. been convinced that the future could not be changed. Right. 
And then with the new Terminator coming back and killing it, she at the end of the movie, she's like, oh, you know, we no fate but what we make for ourselves. And we right. can, you know, we can, we can change the future and the future looks bright. And then Terminator 3, they're like, no, 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 no it's, it, it's, no, it's, it's, it's no matter what you do, the world's going to end it's and the Terminators go are going to kill everybody. So you just don't, don't even fucking bother trying. Was there a it's Terminator? Like, I know there's a Terminator versus RoboCop. Is it? Yeah, it's, it's a great comic book. Yeah. Yes. Was there a Terminator versus Aliens or Robo? Like, wasn't there? It's a RoboCop versus Predator. I'm pretty there we, sure. Is that it? Is yeah. that it? RoboCop old versus school. That's Maybe like this a, is... that's that's like old school uh, Dark Horse. From, like, I'm oh. thinking of like Batman versus Predator, yep. Superman versus Aliens, Terminator versus RoboCop. All came out at the same time. Yeah. Gosh. Um, I think since they're doing Batman versus Superman, we just need to say fuck it and do a Batman versus Predator movie. We'll, we'll do a crowdfunding. I'll start it up. <laughs> there, there is a trailer that is amazing. That was a fan made trailer of Batman versus Predator, and it's Batman hunting the Joker through like you know. The, the, oh, I've seen that. The, the yeah, there was a it was an effects guy yeah. that was that made a a film that he uses as his that he was using as demo a reel. as his demo reel basically huh. for a, for special effects. It is great. It is. It's actually really good. Really? Like and the guy that got to play the Joker is actually shockingly good at it. So well, they're casting. Uh, what's his name? Jared. Leto? Jared Leto. Jared this was Leto. the thing. How do y'all feel about the Joker being on Suicide Squad? I don't think he's going to be. I yeah, I think he's okay. going to be the villain. Have you seen? Uh, he's either going to be the villain or I think he's just going to have a bit a bit part because Harley, because of Harley Quinn. Has okay. everyone seen Assault on Arkham? I have not. No. Okay, so Assault on Arkham is like a DC animated universe movie that's more centered around the Suicide Squad than huh. it is around Batman. That's cool. And the Joker is in Arkham, right, when Suicide Squad breaks into Arkham, and then Harley breaks him out. Mm-hmm. But the whole cat, the whole reason the Joker is even there is because during the time on Suicide Squad, Harley has had a relationship with Deadshot. And Joker's not too fucking happy about uh, that, right? Like, he makes this line yeah, where he's yeah. like, hey, new guy, I don't like people playing with my stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Thanks. He, yeah. Way to objectify Harley. They, yeah. Well, they, well that's their whole relationship. They, so. That's their whole relationship. Yeah, I was going to say, really, I don't yeah. think Joker would qualify as like, I, hey, you shouldn't really put, you know, this guy, that, he's kind of insane. Have he you does seen, consider everyone objects, yeah. to be Yeah, fair. everything is an Have object. Have you seen the DC relationship meme? Oh, God. It's like, it's like nine. She no, likes it's him like, because it's like he's a 12 panel, right? It's like, yeah. it's like oh, she yeah. loves him because he's, he's mysterious, mysterious and that's the cat oh, yeah, woman. And then and then at the very last panel is Harley and Joker and it's like, then there's this crazy bitch. That was pretty... Yes, that I have was seen pretty, that. That's pretty. That's pretty awesome. I I actually think Jared Leto is a is a good part. Like I'm a good, into a good it. Cast honestly, pick for that, I and considering that I don't think like you said he'll have a major. He, if he's the villain, uh, it's because because the thing is that because it's Suicide Squad, there shouldn't there's not really a main villain for that team for yeah. Task Force X. But if he is a, I guess you could say a secondary antagonist, so to speak. I do. Then yeah. And I do hope that whenever they cast Amanda Waller, they cast somebody that's did not you, skinny and pretty. Did you hear Oprah? Oprah, Oprah. really? That, yeah, that you didn't awesome? hear that. That'd be great. I could see that. That could work because the other the other actress that I would always consider for for Amanda Waller is CCH Pounder. Oh like, hell yeah, she would be fantastic. She would be great. In that uh, what about um, Sid, what's her name? Sidibi. Sidu Dababu, the girl from Precious. Oh. Adam yes. Sidib- I could see that. Sid- Adam I don't remember. Sid- is her name like Adam Sidib- Sid- yeah. oh. I do not remember. But you know, everybody knows what I'm talking about. The yes. girl from Precious. Or- yes. Because this is the thing. I feel like she's a little young. She might be, yeah. Yeah, but the problem is is that the new cinematic universe and the new 52 has skinnied up Amanda Waller. Who's right? really she's young fair. and skinny, which is weird. Which is where they put her in flat or Fla- arrow. Arrow, too. Yeah. Arrow. And, and you need you need like an older, kind of heavy set, gruff woman yeah. to play Amanda Waller. So here's the thing. 
about the Suicide Squad that the one piece of casting that I hate, and that's Jai Courtney, because Jai Courtney as as Courtney is. is that. Hmm, exactly. He is the guy... Have have any of you seen the latest, shittiest Die Hard movie? Why? Why would uh, I have like done that? Like Die Harder? Die, it's, I know what you're talking about. Die Hardest. Old Where Habits it's him, Die it's, Hard. It's the guy and his, his son. son. It's him and his son, He right? played the son. And Jai Courtney, Jai Courtney is, as one article, and I don't remember who wrote the article, but he said he's the human equivalent of mashed potatoes. And he actually, <laughs> he actually is. He's fucking awesome. Awful, oh, and I man. wish I'm like I saw the casting and they're like Jai Wait, who Courtney. Is he I'm like, to play again? Uh, I don't remember. I, I don't. I don't even know. I don't even know who he plays because whatever role they put him in, it's going to be mashed potatoes in a suit. Yo, you know who they need to put? They oh need my to have. God. I just, I, I'm sorry, I had not heard that line before. And it's cracking me the fuck up. <laughs> I'll tell you who needs to be in this movie: motherfucking King Shark. They need yes! to, yo, yes! motherfucking King, King Shark, Shark needs to be in this fucking movie. Catman. So for the last week, since we've only had a week between episodes, we read the uh, the first seven issues of the new Batman run for the New 52. It's the Court of Owls storyline. Yes. was written by Scott Snyder and drawn by Greg Capullo. Which is such a good um, team. It's a fantastic team. Thank you, American um, Vampire. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I am... I'm I like nearly everything I've read by Scott Snyder. He is um, great. He he's is. like American Vampire is one of my favorite comics. It's just it's absolutely fantastic. So um Have and you read he, Wake? what? Wake? The Wake, yeah. Uh, okay, that's something I didn't like by Scott Snyder. The Wake the Wake is <laughs> so the Wake is one where the first half of the first half of the story is great and I thought the second half was a dumpster mm-hmm. fire. It just they didn't they didn't handle it. he didn't handle it right. But it was it was also an extremely experimental thing yeah, where he was have any of you guys read the wake no what um, is it it's a it's a sci-fi story and the first it's an eight issue story and the first eight issue or the first four issues take place in modern day okay and it's um it centers around a woman who's a marine biologist that gets kind of pulled into a government um project where they have she she gets taken to Alaska to an underwater base where they have found something. They're not sure what it is. Um, they're trying to uh, they're oh, trying to unearth like stuff. A, what's that movie? The Thing. It's almost like The Thing. Y- yeah, yeah. kind of like The Ooh. Thing or Leviathan yep. or Deep Star Six. One yep. of those for anybody that knows cheesy eighties <laughs> horror love movies. Deep Star Six. Yeah, um, that sounds like a porn. So <laughs> I was they there. they drag her in, um, and at the end of that four issue arc, they accidentally release something is it the kraken um it's basically the kraken the kraken kraken. and then it fast forwards like 400 years you know that's always jarring when that happens it is and then so what you have then is now the last four issues are telling the story of the world after this shit has been released and you know what has happened to the world because of it and in concept, I thought it was fine. Yeah. In execution, it didn't pan out. And it, gotcha. but but like I said, it's it's super experimental. So it's actually kind of cool that they were given the opportunity to do this yeah. like crazy experimental thing. Um, Who so published it? It is a Vertigo book. Mm. Um, the other thing by Scott Snyder that I read recently that I thought was fantastic is a horror book called Severed. It's a self-contained horror like. Um, it's in the 1920s, gothic. right? Yeah, it's like 20s. It's yeah. like a very gothic horror thing. It's really good. Um, 
But yeah, the Scott, art style I remember being super jarring. Yeah, it's okay. it's yeah, it's it's a very unique book in how it handles just about everything. Like, it's not happy. No, well, no, no, no. It's it it's, doesn't sound happy. It's straight up gothic, like depressing gothic horror, and it's uh, it's really good. Snyder, uh, but American Vampires clearly my favorite thing by Scott yeah. Snyder. Um, uh, I was. I liked I liked this book. I liked I like Snyder's writing and I'm Batman. glad. Yeah, I know. I'm really <laughs> glad because you know me like I am very, you know, being such a big Batman fan, I'm actually pretty critical of of Batman stories. And so I I wouldn't say it's hard for me to find something that I like of Batman. It's really it's actually really easy. It's like critical and forgiving at the same time because I'm there definitely interested every time a, a writer takes a different take yeah. on Batman. Uh, you'll read everything by you'll read everything Batman, but there are only some that you'll read more than once. It, 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 yeah, exactly. Hmm. What one of the biggest complaints when this first started, when the New Fifty Two announced who was doing the the basically the canonical Batman story, because there are two other story uh, books involving Batman. Uh, one is which is tanked, uh, Dark Knight, which was Finch and um, David Finch was on it though, and the other one is Detective, which was Tony Moore oh, yeah. for. Like the first two or three trades, and then right. changed. And honestly, I I wasn't interested in any, and anymore. And didn't they do? I know it's not. I know it's not Bruce Wayne Batman, but wasn't there a Batman Inc. New Fifty Two book? There was, which was Grant Morrison for the first. Um, because it was like he w- didn't. The story that I remember hearing was that Morrison had done his run on Batman, and then Batman and Robin, and then Batman Inc. Yes. And. Basically, he just really wanted to finish his Batman Inc. So it story. Over. So they they were like, no, well, you 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 know you weren't DC would not let him finish the story in the original Batman universe. Right. So they made him. He continued. He Into, kind of continued his story, but like, he had to take into account yeah. the changes with yep. the New Fifty Two. Oh, so God. he brought it over into New Fifty Two. However, he only ran it through like the death of Robin, pretty much. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the Batman and Robin by Tony S. Daniel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was, which is, or no, is it Tony S. Daniel? I'm pretty sure because Tony S. Daniel was one of the main artists. Or was before he detective? Was pre, he might this have been detective. Detective was Tony S. Daniel. Yeah. I haven't really yeah. <laughs> done too much with that books. Pretty much. However, however, uh, this one, the one of the biggest complaints, a lot of people thought that Greg Capullo was going to make Batman look like Spawn because Greg Capullo had oh. made his name doing Spawn. Yeah. Let's talk about that later. I want I, I want to talk about I want to talk about Snyder's writing and then we'll okay. talk we'll get we'll get into some conversation okay. about Capullo. Okay. <laughs> so uh, the the Scott what I like about Scott Snyder's take on Batman is that he he's able to keep the serious elements mm-hmm. of of Batman. However, some he he like humanizes him. Uh, more so, mm-hmm. I think, than a lot of writers have done mm-hmm. than, uh, in other books. And it's very interesting to get, a, I guess, a deeper side of that Batman, like that Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. psyche. Yeah. And that, and like that, yeah, he is actually affected by shit because... Yeah, that's what I was going to talk right, about. Right, because there's a lot of writers that write Batman as this unfathomable, unmoving... Like non a force of nature character that has no flaws. Personification of vengeance. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I appreciated the scene with one of the Robins, I think Dick Grayson, yelling at him about having feelings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and then Scott Snyder has made him into this like, hey, 
like I have flaws. Like shit bothers me. I just hide it so much. Yeah, you know, and internalize repress. it and repress and repress and repress. Push it down farther. Well, that yeah. repress. Got, I, he's, he's repressed the. He's even repressed. You know, I mean, over time, he's repressed the death of his parents. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I liked. Thing. Yeah, I liked the. Um, I liked the portrayal of of him when he's stuck in the labyrinth. Yeah, because that was the part where I was like, okay, they're actually <laughs> showing that someone that someone is able to break down yes. Bruce Wayne, yes. you know, mm-hmm. that they found a way to do it. And even though he came back from it, um, filled you, with vengeance. Yeah. It wasn't, I expected what I expected was that they were going to show him breaking down Bruce Wayne and yeah. he was going kind of nuts yeah. in the labyrinth yeah. and trying to figure things out. And I, what I expected was that at the end there would be some, you know, sudden turnaround where we find out that Bruce Wayne has actually been faking it all along yeah. and he's still normal Bruce no, Wayne. And no. it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> it's the, only reason, up. the only reason he gets out of it is because he's so fucked up that he just powers through and he's like, fuck, yeah. I got to kill, yeah. kill or die. Right. Yeah. And, oh, I and I guess anything that moves. Yeah. Or, uh, I don't, for the people that are unfamiliar, if you mind, no, for the people ahead. that are unfamiliar with the story, um, to give a little background on it, uh, the the story actually starts well before the common Gotham universe as we know it. It goes all the way back to anybody that reads or has read All Star Western back to that time oh. period. Um, there is this group of high society people that are very influential in Gotham um, that have basically figured out a way to build an army of assassins, cryogenically freeze them, and then awake them at different periods because they each have to rest for certain periods of, after being used. Hmm to do their bidding and to assassinate people. And we don't we we have a idea of who some of these people are, but we don't actually know because they wear these owl masks. So uh, the owls are the not talons. what they see. Well, the, 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 well, the, the, well the, the the high society people wear the, yeah. the owl masks and then the assassins are called all called talents. And uh, they're like very I guess they're they were they were circus performers that were abducted. Circ- either circus performers or gym, basically people that were a cut above normal. Human they were physically beings, superior, physically superior. Yeah, but cleverly just, concealed yes. in things like the circus. Yeah, right. And, uh, and so go ahead. I, I was just gonna say. I mean, really, this is just my take on it. This is a, a battle of mythos. I mean, you've got Batman, mm. who is you know the legend in Gotham, right? And these people are trying to remind the city that there is a older and more powerful legend. legend. Yeah. And yeah. it's, you know, it is completely a clash over whose um, ideology yeah. is, yeah. you know, the, the right one. Yeah. I mean, Batman is, you know, he is a force of vengeance, but as Bruce Wayne, he's trying to make Gotham a better city. A better and that's sort of the yeah. catalyst that leads into this because the Court of Owls doesn't want Gotham to be a better city. They want things the way they are where they're still in control. Well, okay, well, you know, in a sense, isn't it like a, a symbol or not a symbol, a... Uh, a situation of controlled chaos that by by their hold by keeping their hold on Gotham, they're able to shape it and mold it to where the way they want, right? The way they want, and not necessarily. And Batman's not even really a problem for them, right? He's not. Bruce Wayne is the problem. Bruce right. Wayne, yeah, you're right. Which Bruce, is interesting. Bruce Wayne is the problem because the whole book they go after Bruce Wayne initially, not knowing that he is Batman. Because, but just because he's a good person in Gotham trying to change it. Yeah. And so then by default, of course, Batman gets in, involved. Yep. I have to say one of the things that one of the Batman tropes that I'm a little tired of is the 
Bruce Wayne going all out all the time and overdoing it and everybody around him being like, Bruce, you've got to rest. you got to sleep. You can't go like this. It's yeah. not human. And he being like, fuck you. I need to finish this case. Fuck yeah. off. It's just, that is that is the one, I think probably the only actually negative complaint I have about this book is that, is that and it's not about this book specifically, mm-hmm. it's that that is a, that is a, consistently overused trope in Batman stories in general. It's always he is pushing himself too hard and Alfred and one of the Robins or multiple of the Robins is like, you gotta stop, you gotta stop. And he still pushes through and perseveres, you know, it's like... That and the other one that kind of gets me all the time is his... And I think it's a common DC thing, especially among Superman and Batman. It's the, I have friends that want to help me but I don't want to get them involved because I can't yeah. endanger anyone's life but my own. Right. They do and, that which in, is such bullshit because yeah. he relies on his friends yeah. <laughs> it's all really, the time. It, yeah, it's just so... It's, and, and I, but I, I understand psychologically in a fictional character universe where that comes from because the only people that he really felt ever cared about him, he lost. He lost his parents, right? Mm-hmm. So he doesn't want to go through that again. But in every incarnation of Batman, he will go through that. A Robin will die. And Alfred will get seriously injured and possibly die. The Joker will attack. You know, will attack Batman on that level of of uh, family. Yeah. You know, so it's like they always. You know, they do that in they do that in Arrow too, which, as we've discussed, is 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 CW's CW's Batman. Batman. And and one of the ones that really aggravates me about about when they do it on Arrow is the fact that. for example, when when Sarah Lance comes back in Black Canary, yeah. right, and she has clearly been through the same shit that Oliver has. Oh my god! And if then not he's more, like, she's trained yeah. by the League of Fucking Assassins. Yo, if you get trained by the League and of Assassins, you're a badass. He's like, you've got to stay out go. of this because I don't want you to get hurt. And I and I I was really happy for the most part for her to be like, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off. Fuck yourself. I can beat your ass, yeah. bitch. Come on, <laughs> League of Assassins. <laughs> And it just like it, it does. That is, I'm, I agree. No. I'm like that. So, so much of that, like, oh, I don't want you to get involved because I'm already involved, fucker. Well, you might as well let me have a. I choice. got shot in the stomach last. Yeah, week. yeah. exactly. You might and as well was, let me, especially when he does it with Dig too. And then yes. it's like, it, oh, it's like it's like everyone. Ar- and the bad thing is that everyone around Oliver has had a rough patch, right? Dig was like yeah. a special forces uh-huh. fucking guy. Um, uh, not speedy. Um, Arsenal was like lived in the fucking yeah, narrows or still whatever. Speedy, speedy. Well, I, still yeah. speedy when Roy, I'm watching the show. Roy, Roy Harper. Harper. Li- yeah, Ron yeah. Harper lived or uh, Ron, Ron Harper. Ron, Ron, Harper. <laughs> Ron, Ron Burgundy. Rough yeah. Patch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Harper lived in a freaking the basically fucking worst area you could possibly live in in Starling yeah. City. Sarah's been through the gauntlet of the nine week training course of the League God, of Assassins. Can you imagine Ron Burgundy on Mirakuru? <laughs> Wow. I know, right? <laughs> oh god. I don't know if he would do that much like I feel like he would just end up punching a dumpster for yeah. <laughs> hours. Oh but, god, uh, what's that yeah, smell? It's, it's definitely it's a Batman a, it's, thing it's where they're used, like it's definitely used up and it's I'm it, gonna spend I'm gonna spend years and years and years training this kid on how to beat up people and help me do my thing, and, and then, then the I moment it comes around, I'm gonna tell him he, he can't well, come no, with. You know why? No, you know why? I, because it's fine as long as Batman is there to protect Robin on a consistent sure. basis. As soon as Dick Grayson, for example, becomes Nightwing and goes wants to go off and do his own thing, it's a problem because now Batman can't doesn't have oversight so of him. You're saying that Bruce Wayne is or Batman he's is protective. a huge control freak. No, I think he's really no. not. He is, but I think he's also 
I think it's also he's also protective. I, I think, and I and I don't I don't think it's necessarily such a bad thing because being that he actually well technically he does have a kid. I like how you're but, defending Bruce Wayne as though we are attacking the character of a real person. <laughs> he's real to me. You don't understand. <laughs> My commitment to the Waynes. I will read DC books just because I love Bruce Wayne so much. You don't understand my commitment to the to the to the Wayne legacy. <laughs> As a non-reader of Bat books, who is the tiniest Robin's mother? Talia Al Ghul. Talia Al Ghul. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's Raz, Raz Al Ghul's Damien's uh, son or yeah. daughter. I was yeah, going to say Wayne. biologically. That's- Okay. Which was conceived in an ill manner because she like basically stole his DNA yeah. oh. and built. Oh, you did okay. She, 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 she banged drugged him. him. She drugged, drugged him, him and banged, banged him. him yeah. Stole his DNA, made a baby out of it, in a and test then tube. and then showed back up randomly when with this eleven-year-old like or nine-year-old like kid, and, and this goes, is your son. And goes, this is your son. Raise him, take him, yeah. and leaves. Yes, this is awesome. That was, that so, was part of so that was part great. of the Grant Morrison wow. run. Yes. And was there any frank discussion of Batman being raped? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. One, there's, a, there's a discussion that they have where they're talking, and she's like, "Hey, do you want to like, you know, have some fun or whatever?" And he's like, "Well, I remember the last time we had fun. Well, actually, I don't remember because you drugged me." Yeah. <laughs> it's it's it's, yeah. it's that was that was uh, actually the the in like the core part of Grant Morrison's run oh, okay. was the it's, very, it's a very Grant Morrison story. Yeah, it was the it was the inception Drugs of Damian involved. Wayne yeah. and the dumping of him on Batman yeah. and a lot of that story like a lot of the storyline leading into Batman and Robin she is named him, him Damian. Tra- yeah. Is is a lot of him trying to deal with Damien, who has, since he was born has been raised by the League of Assassins and is a f- yeah. is a murderous a fucking killer asshole killer. And then when huh. Bruce Wayne gets quote unquote air quotes killed uh, and you know time bulleted, uh, just like Captain, America. and it's then Dick Grayson and Damien Wayne. The Batman and Robin run with Dick Grayson and Damien Wayne probably one of the best Batman things I've ever read, huh. and I wish that I really wish that it had gone longer. To be honest, I really wish that that storyline had gone for a couple three years. Because yeah. anyway, back to <laughs> back to this one. Yeah, the um, but I, I think I talked about the story. One of the most interesting parts of the story is that the um, they've always entertained this. That there was um, an additional sibling in the Wayne family. Hmm. We get to meet that sibling in this story as the they did a spinoff called Talon, which is okay. basically that other sibling that they thought had died, and this and that happened, and of course, you know, oh, he pops up later. He's like, he didn't die, and he's all mad. He he's pissed off, not because of something that Bruce didn't even do. He's pissed off that. Bruce is the flagship of this Wayne family and that he has not been included. Yeah. But it's not it it it, it, it has nothing. It's like it's a sibling rival. It's jealousy. Yeah. It's sibling jealousy. It's poorly written. It, it, <laughs> the, the motivation behind it is not like I can see them being, you know, having that idea and running with it and being good, but the implementation of itself of that sort of idea, I didn't like. Yeah. I I have to say one of the things that um one of the things that frustrates me a little bit about this is I, I do like this storyline. I like Scott Snyder's run on it. I think it's um, it's one of the better Bat stories that I've read in a long time. And I think what really sucks kind of for Scott Snyder is even though it is a fantastic storyline, because of the fact that it's a New 52 book, it will always have that asterisk. Yeah. It will always be... this is. 
everybody who talks about it will always categorize it is as this is one of the really good new 52 Batman storylines yeah. right it's never gonna it's it's never gonna be no matter what he does and no matter how good it is he will never be categorized it alongside things like long Halloween and uh year, and one. year one and stuff because people will always be like well it's a, it's good for the new 52 you look skeptical the only reason I'm gonna say that is because every time they switched ages silver bronze, modern, golden age, they've always recreated uh, you know, a hero. A primary example is the Flash. Every age is a different Flash, a different sure. kind of uh, uh, different kind of persona, mm-hmm. yeah, a little yeah. bit, right? Or in even ethnicity, right? Because they you know they've had a black flash or whatever and this and that. I and nobody ever is really saying, well like, you know, the fucking Silver Age Flash, you know, blah blah like but nobody, when, so wait, wait, I know I want this one first. So uh one thing that like I'm I'm thinking of is like when you guys think of all of your favorite Batman stories, right? They're all from the modern They're age. All they modern are. age. That's exactly they what I was gonna age. say. I, okay, I agree. I and agree. I, and in fact all of the all I of like the Adam West show. <laughs> <laughs> I think all of the good core um, all of the core stories in comics in general that people really resonate with and that, that are considered the best that have been done are all modern age. There's a couple exceptions in Marvel, and I do mean a couple. Uh, Maybe. Death, Death of Gwen Stacy. That's a Spider-Man story that people... Fair. That's Silver to. Age. That's um, And the Chris, Chris Claremont run on X-Men... Is modern age. That was 80s. I thought that was golden. No. <laughs> Golden Age is 40s, sir. 40s? Yeah. Golden Age is the inception of comics Still. through like the 60s. Yeah. The 60s and 70s it's is silver, silver and then there's a bronze. The okay, modern so, modern sorry, would basically up, I'm start Silver Age. Yeah, even Chris Claremont was 80s cuz I read that I shit. Chris I Claremont thought Claremont was the, the turning point. Like, yeah, I think he Chris, was the one upon which the wheel of time turned. Okay. He she's I basically right. The, the the start of Chris Claremont's run in X-Men is, is considered would be around the time that would be the beginning of the modern age of comics which is early 80s. Okay. So I, I was thinking for some odd reason that he started in like let's say 77 or so. I don't and then, think so. No. I, I mean he might have written things back then but I think the the, his the core run, X-Men well, stuff his X-Men that we ran, talk about one run was like a decade or so. Yeah. And and it's so on what, I can't stand Chris on, Claremont what? stuff. <laughs> oh my like god. It. I really don't like Chris Claremont stuff. I think he has, I think he has the same problem ending stories that Brian K. Vaughn does, and he does. He is one of the worst retcon offenders in the history of comic books. I mean, so, X Men as a series is, is a retcon because a of Chris retcon. Claremont. That's my sure. point. Like, I think that he was the guy that did it. Like, <laughs> is, he, is he the creator of Bishop and Cable? Uh, no. no, Simonson. Walt Simonson created Cable, but. Um, so that's whose fault it is. Yeah. Uh, and I really actually want your take on this because you don't read Bat, or you're not I, a reader of So bat here's my Bat history. My Bat history is uh, a handful of the shittier end of the movies. Um, <laughs> Why don't you chill out? <laughs> uh, Batman Forever was the first Batman property. Oh. I know, right? Wow. Uh, There's nowhere to go but up from yeah, there. Yeah, I know, right? So, uh, and no, I, there actually it did go down from there because it, with the right? George Clooney next. Yeah, it went to Batman <laughs> and Robin, didn't it? I uh, have not seen that one. Holy rusted metal, Batman. Yep. Oh. Alicia Silverstone as Barbara Gordon. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I've read Hush. I've read um, Arkham Asylum. Mm-hmm. That's about it. <laughs> uh, and... 
And obviously I've seen all the Nolan stuff, mm -hmm. except for the third one, because it didn't look interesting. It's not good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, the things that the things that were appealing about this one is that thankfully they had like just enough bullshit exposition so that I was not lost in terms of all of these damn Robins. Uh. Um, and there's you know stuff like the origin of Damian Wayne that obviously I did not know coming mm. into the book and that was fine because it was not relevant. To right. The book. Sure. Right. Um, I I enjoyed it. I was irritated when I came to the end of it that we weren't also reading the next section. Right. Um, I think yeah. the most compelling hook I guess for this storyline is the whole like the legend that the Batman does not believe that really is true. Mm -hmm. That's really, I mean, it's like the same reason that we, we liked the plot thing in hundred bullets, right? Like we love ancient societies that are out to fuck us up. Especially. And I, and I think that's actually one of the, one of the benefits of it being new 52 is that they could pull this, um, ancient society thing without having to worry about the canon. Yep. Where they, it would be harder to believe a an ancient society threaded through Gotham if we were reading it in the canon of the last 30 years of Batman and he never happened upon this. right so <laughs> or we didn't know what the the fair, the rhyme and the fairy tale was yeah. also the rhyme does not scan it no. just does not and that irritated me <laughs> as especially as a folklorist as a tangent like so if this wouldn't have been new 52 i would have really liked to have seen like let's say 10 years ago there's a story with an assassin who looks very specific Five years ago, there's another story with an assassin who was very specific. <laughs> Just like bit parts, walk like on little bit, little yeah. bit parts. Okay, like and a lead up. Yeah, and like I that mean, I'm talking cool. like a long, long plotted out lead up. Good, mm. good luck getting DC to think that far yeah. ahead. Yeah, <laughs> that hey, we're gonna we're gonna string you along for ten years with slight, small one page cameos. And then we're just going to go, boom! Well, and that's one of the that's one of the fantastic things about reading a, a an artist or a writer and artist combo or writer that's been on a book for a long time. Like reading the later Captain America stuff by Brubaker, so the cool. amount of stuff that he threads through mm. eight years run. of being on Captain America is fucking fantastic. Yeah. Um, I so you've read Hush? Yeah, everybody here's read Hush, yes. right? That's what I wanted to bring up as far as like the feel of this book. This it doesn't have the cameo after cameo after cameo, you know, bad guy, bad guy, bad guy type thing There's that Hush does. The, I mean, it it has the like pile of bad guys in the beginning. In the beginning, where I was like, huh, well, I know about a third of these. Yeah, all right. <laughs> but it felt a lot like Hush. Like each of the core Batman stories that everyone loves has a very distinct feel. Mm -hmm. Year one feels very different from The Dark Knight Returns, feels very oh, different from I've Long Halloween. I've also read Halloween. Dark Knight Returns. I think that year um, one feels... and Long Halloween are probably the most similar, like out of the, the famous sure. Batman storylines, yeah. but they're supposed to be. Yeah. Like uh, Catwoman, When in Rome, Dark Victory, Long Halloween, year one, and year zero are all a very, very specific time period. And for the most part, those books all have a similar feeling. Long Halloween is absolutely the darkest of them mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but that gives you context to everything else right but then you've got what you recall is pretty dark uh the killing uh, joke yeah that's a pretty that's but killing joke isn't in year one okay sure um but then you but what i'm talking about is like you, you've got all those storylines but i i still think even year one and and long halloween well i haven't read long halloween i've only read part of it long halloween um so i can't really comment on the feel of long halloween but um, even the, you know, like year one and Dark Knight Returns were both done by Frank Miller and they're wildly different. Like, yeah. um, 
I think this one has more of the feel of Hush in that it's it feels more like a like a brighter superhero type story than it does just like a dark like gritty dark Gotham type story, um, and that might be partially because of Capullo's art. Um, I don't think it feels as the labyrinth bit was kind of gritty, but madcap yeah, gritty, right? Exactly, but that's that's what I mean. Is I think it it felt more it felt more hushy than year one-y. Does that makes sense. I, like <laughs> I, I understand that, and I think um, and because we've never really read the 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 Dark Knight series um, that by David Finch, like mm-hmm. that was more gritty and more dark than the Batman canonical storyline, mm-hmm. and it's like that one's very. Because even the people that it deals with, it deals with Scarecrow, it deals with Mad Hatter, it deals with the really fuck, the really fucked, the screwed up, up the, yeah, the really, really bad, who <laughs> like, meow, 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 yeah, <laughs> <and> everything, yeah, <laughs> those people, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have no reason to do this, but I just want to fuck with Batman, like those, <laughs> like really, like those people, uh, and and I and I can I can see I kind I do kind of see your point. It's not it's not happy happy joy joy. But right. also, it's not the bottom of oh my, like yeah. wow, this it's is not, really dark. It wasn't like right after Hush, um, Brian Azzarello and Eduardo Riso did a run on Batman that was very <laughs> dark, noiry, and it it was fantastic. It was yeah. really good, um, but it was definitely literally about as polar opposite from Hush as you could get. Okay. If immediately following Hush, that's the funny so, thing to me about Batman is on the one hand you've got like the colorful like ridiculous clown punching side of Batman like that Tim Burton can go make a a (laughs) film about Uh, and on the other hand you've got like the very dark Christopher Nolan side of Batman that's all so Dave Lapham did uh, City of Crime okay which is the darkest Batman story ever Mm. it starts out with a tenement fire that kills six pregnant teenagers (laughs) and Batman is trying to save uh, a kidnapped victim that's just like trying to earn points on the like darkness scale no but it's so like really the villain in that arc is Gotham itself Mm -hmm. sure huh it's Gotham is so about this before I think yeah that that is like in my opinion the darkest thing then like right above that you've got Killing Joke and Arkham Asylum Mm -hmm. which are both they're you know they're real uh, rough. Ideally, uh, it really is Batman versus Gotham. It's not yeah, really yeah. Batman versus any individual. Uh, any individual Gotham, especially if you read a lot of Batman stories, Gotham is personified into this into this huge element that Batman sort of has to fight because there's so much wrong in Gotham. He can't pinpoint it. Right? It's not. Right. It's not a pinpointable. If I do this and take out this person, I can fix Gotham. No, it's the city as a whole is rotten. And and he he is trying to change. He's trying to cure a cancer cure by cutting can- out, you know, it, right. But it's and, it's spread to everything. And in the that city. is and that is what is so, uh, and particularly the Court of Owls story is unique in that there is actually something that he can attack, and I guess you can say, for lack of a better word, destroy. Yeah. To end the problem. Yeah. As opposed to most of his stories, you know, the guy, the bad guys go into go into Arkham. They get out. They go into Arkham. They get out. They go. They, like it's, it's a revol. Arkham, Arkham. One, two yeah. things. Arkham is a revolving door. I do. It has the worst fucking security of any yeah. place. Seriously, I've ever seen. I kind of want just like a, a mini series, like a three issue mini series of like guards at Arkham, like having a shitty that day. Suck. 
Yeah. And no. Yeah. I, the, the only place worse than Arkham Asylum is the Marvel equivalent. Um, the Triskelion? Yeah. The, the, oh, <laughs> yeah. Fucking literally like every single day at that place, I'm pretty sure that seven guards are murdered and someone or everyone breaks out. They've yeah. just got a whole bucket of Patton Oswalt clones. <laughs> it... Um, Part of the reason why I feel like it felt like Hush, I, what I was saying was Capullo's art. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to say, this is it is awesome to see Greg Capullo out from under the influence of Todd McFarlane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't, it's been years since I've seen much, much of Capullo's art, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, my first, my first exposure to Greg Capullo was Spawn. Mm-hmm. And it was, Right after McFarlane, like McFarlane had drawn Spawn for three years or something like that. And then Capullo took over because McFarlane was becoming businessman comic guy instead of comic drawer comic guy. Yeah, it was guy. about two years. It was like, epi- it was like issue 22 or 24 yeah, yeah. where Capullo takes over. Um, and back then, it was Capullo doing the pencils and McFarlane inking him. Yes. And McFarlane... McFarlane can't let anybody have their own style. Nope. Everything that McFarlane inks... Because I, I saw... Um, Back in the early image days, the image artists would do collaborations all the time. Mm-hmm. And there were several th- things like there was a couple of drawings that I saw that were where Jim Lee penciled it and McFarlane inked it. Yeah. Just looked like a McFarlane drawing. Yeah. Uh, Rob Liefeld would draw something and McFarlane would, yeah, just looked like a McFarlane drawing. He can't complain about that. Uh, he's <laughs> like, um, well, it was the buildup from him being him doing Spider-Man and right. him being revered yeah. doing Spider-Man and he's like well shit I, like, everything I'm big is t- Venom yeah like mm-hmm. I'm big time now yeah it, it was that and and Capullo came on and it was it was weird in my you know in my 13 or 14 year old brain I was like oh man they're putting a new artist on Spawn uh, and then Capullo came on I'm like ooh it looks just like McFarlane cool but as time went on I was like it started to feel like Capullo was just a McFarlane clone. Um, and then, so I stopped reading Spawn for a long time. I stopped reading comics for a long time after my entire collection burned up. And when I came back, like this is probably the first time in, God, 10 years that I've seen something Capullo's done. And I l- love it. It's unique. I it's really like unique. his style. He's, um, he has, like I said, he has, there is still, you can still see the inklings of that McFarlane influence, um, but it's, but he's taken Todd McFarlane's style and made it his own. Yeah. And he's much, much cleaner lines than he used to have. Yes. A Um, lot cleaner. Uh, sure. His style is just fantastic. I would tell you the one thing, the only thing that bothers me in, in this run is Bruce Wayne's haircut. I fucking hate it. <laughs> I despise it. I, I think didn't even it, pay attention. Oh my. <sighs> I At some point I was looking at this and I was like, gosh, there's a lot of tall, dark-haired men with a nearly identical haircut. I tweeted, I even tweeted Capullo, and I don't know if he just did, because usually he's like pretty good about talking to fans, but I don't know if he maybe felt offended or something, but I said, hey, you know, I really enjoy the book. I like your art. What the fuck is up with Bruce Wayne's haircut, dude? <laughs> like, I was just like, it is... It, oh, my... It's so bad. It's like this fade that was poorly done. <laughs> it's like it's like a motherfucker came in. The barber came in literally swinging the fucking clippers by the fucking rope. And was just like, I'm going to fucking give you a cut. Zoom, 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 zoom. A little too much pomade no. in yeah. there. Like. He does his own hair. He uses the battering. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
it is. He's bat- got a Floby in the Batcave. <laughs> yeah, Bat Floby. I don't. Uh, I I just don't like it. It just I almost just said Bloby, which is a yeah, that's that's, uh, that's out of just the tip. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's not a. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it just. It, I don't. That's the only thing. Every. I, I mean, everything I, else is like. I, I really like. I really like. I like. I really enjoy how he draws the tattered bat costume. Yeah, like when he's been through some shit. Yeah. That, that was is... what I was going to say. One of my favorite parts of this book was in the fight in the labyrinth after Batman's gone kind of insane. I really, really liked the part where they're you know that he's clearly depicting it from Batman's point of view. Yeah. So he, you see him just like. He's monstrous at times. There's times where he's like got big fangy teeth, and there's there's this one when he gets overwhelmed by a bunch of the guys in the masks, and there's a there's a one page splash where he he breaks the pile, and he's like depicted in that one panel as being gigantic, yeah. and all these guys he's shoving off are like midgets, you yeah. know, little tiny guys, and. And then it kind of wavers back and forth mm-hmm. between him just being tattered Batman and his fucked up mental image of himself yeah. as this monster. Yeah. And I, th- I was, I really, really liked that oh, that I, sequence. I love it so much. Is first of all, you cannot you cannot do a legendary character without the pile break. It's like <laughs> right out <laughs> here, there's guys on me. It's like, yeah, <laughs> and he shrugs off like ten or twelve yeah. dudes. That's so it's. I, I can't like honestly I can't say enough good things about it. I I enjoy the story. I was very excited when I heard Kapua was doing it. You know, being a big Spawn fan, yeah. uh, the the artwork, the writing, the design the, of the Talon costume. Yes, yeah, that's yes, because great because they have tried in the past to do owl things and they like always the look stupid. They always fuck it up. They always look stupid. Yeah, the owl. Wait, from that's Watchmen. A Mar- no, I was thinking of Marvel. The Marvel. The owl. Oh, really? I was thinking of the Watchmen. Yeah. The, uh, the that's owl. Night okay. Owl. So Night Owl. Thank you. Well, Night Owl is terrible, but however, the owl from Marvel is even worse. Yeah. The well, the owl from uh, Crisis on Two Earths is not bad because oh, he's yeah. basically he's basically supposed to be a Batman mirror. Sure. Right. And I I, I think that I but, think it's kind of corny. It, this is it's well done here, but it's been a fucking corny ass uh, try from the beginning. Just because they're like, oh, owls are the yeah, know, they, they they can beat they they're kill, the natural predator the natural of rats. Predators of bats, so we need to do this. And it's, they did it right this time. I think was. they yeah, I think they really impressed. did a good job. And I just I really like the design of that costume. Yeah. And I'm I'm looking forward actually to reading City of Bats because I want to see he, where it leads. Here's why it's not corny because in storyline the Court of Owls existed. F- Long before right, Batman, right, right. so it's not, it's not, it, it's not written in to counter Batman. It, it was yeah. there prior. It's not a character that's trying to, to beat Batman yes, specifically exactly. right. by being an owl. Yeah, now, yeah. exactly, it's got a whole bunch of stuff going on, and only now has Batman and, like we were discussing earlier, actually Bruce Wayne become a problem. The what also is the 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 ta- the the Talon costume reminds me of the particularly in the movies. The assassin in Hellboy, the one who had the like the dial. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I can it, see it, that. It's like it's it seems like it's a little. It's kind of the not, homunculus not, guy. Yeah, yeah, kind of mirrored, not mirrored, but it's familiar. It's yeah, yeah, similar, very similar to that costume. I think one of the things that that fascinates me about uh, the comic book industry right now, and one of the things that I one of the reasons I like Snyder or Capullo's art so much is Capullo has a very classic 
clean superhero style. Like I could see I could see Capullo drawing Superman or yeah. you know any Captain America, any of the like core superhero type books. Um so <laughs> sorry, I just got to pause, pause. Me- message message. Um and one of the things that fascinates me about it is there's there's constantly issues in comic books of artists who can't keep up a monthly schedule. Yes. Who, um, for whatever reason, they're constantly switching back and forth I don't think on Kick-Ass books. Like, is finished yet? <laughs> right. Uh, I know oh, that. Um, what was the last Mark Millar book where it was like? I don't know. I stopped reading. I stopped paying attention. That jackass's books. Oh my god! There was. Uh, it was. So there was a book that was like a, a World War or it was a Desert Storm thing where people got super superpowers. Okay. Uh, issue two comes out like six months after issue one and then <laughs> nothing, God. right? Yeah. So with Kick-Ass 3, uh, like, you know, books are coming out whatnot and like in previews, it's like now out every other month and I just saw that in previews <laughs> and laughed and laughed. I don't think it's finished yet and it's been two years. <laughs> well, that was one of the issues with Wonder Woman is that they had to keep switching back between yeah. and it was Tony Atkins. Same thing, same thing even with um, like Marvel books like uh, a lot of the Marvel Now stuff was was billed with specific teams yes. and then went three issues and switched teams. Or Hawkeye where it's, you know, David Aja. I love David Aja's art and I fucking hate Polito's art Aww. and it's like the, and it and Polito's art is definitely jarring against Aja's art like Polito whatever if you like him on his own it's fine but jar it there's like Polito and whoever else does She-Hulk like yeah, back right? and forth yeah. which I was like guys yeah, stick with Polito he, he works well when John I think what when John Marita uh, Jr. got off of Cap it was it yeah. was kind of like I yeah. guess and they yeah. put one of the Cuberts on it I think um, uh, yeah Adam Adam Cubert yeah. um, so one of the things that that I really am just fascinated by in comic books is how you get an, you get artists who are, this is probably mean of me to say, but just not nearly the quality of Capullo, mm. nowhere near the detail of Capullo, guys who aren't even inking their own work, which Capullo is, I'm pretty sure, inking his yeah. own stuff. And yet Capullo, in all of his detail, all of his clean lines inking his own work is able to maintain a monthly schedule for 30 plus issues yes and other nope that's other guys um other guys are you know aren't are you know they can go like three months before they have to dump uh before they have to dump a book and they have to put another um uh artist on it and i really wish that i could understand why like what kind of a machine is Capullo that he's able to do this or what kind of lazy fucks are the other artists that they're not? I think Capullo's a machine. Yeah, I think it's credit to Capullo. I, I think, think that he's, he's, yeah. he's I think professional he, and dedicated enough that he makes sure that his stuff yeah. comes out on time. Sure. Because yeah. when I, I know I met him, I, oh man, I was so excited too. Mm-hmm. I met him at Emerald City Comic Con. This is the point of where I probably got a broner. Like I was like, <laughs> I was I was like pretty like halfway there. No, when no, no. When you're meeting Capullo, it's not a broner. You you just got you just got chubbed up. Yo, I'm fucking. Ex- <laughs> I was like, yo, Greg Capullo's got a panel. I, I damn near died right you know, there. The table, knock over a stack of books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna sit in the back corner because I'm probably gonna whip it out right here in the <laughs> panel. Okay, <laughs> exactly. And I mean, he is. He's one of the coolest guys to talk to. He like he loves talking to fans. He comes into the panel and he's like, I I knew I had this panel, but nobody gave me a topic. So I mean, 
We'll talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. Yeah. I mean, because we've got like an hour. <laughs> and he's like, he's very nonchalant about it. His wife is there. And like, she talks about some stuff, you know, about like, be, you know, being with artists and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it's just like, so he's like, all right, guys, um, go ahead. <laughs> so everybody starts asking him questions and stuff. And, you know, he talked about his early work and he talked about his new work. And I, I, I really think he's one of, the not one of the few i think there are a lot of guys like are writers artists uh, or in in i didn't mean guys i meant guys and girls thank you <laughs> i did i meant people he meant people. people there are a lot of people artists and writers both that actually do care about pleasing yeah. the fans and i believe he's one of them i believe he is in that niche of of people that really want to put out quality work and don't want us to say, oh, well, that came out then, and then now I've got to wait, or I've got to look at this other shit artist, try to copy, try yeah. to come close or copy your work while you mm-hmm. take a break or do, I don't know, a fucking other book or something like that. And that's why I'm I'm, I'm so impressed with and like books that are consistent teams yes. like this one, like this Sixth one the, Gun, like Chew. Like, this is you definitely know. one of the few DC books that has the same fucking yeah. team yeah. Exactly. now that it did when it started. Right. And he gets questions all the time. It's like, you know, it, you know, because we're, we're so used to seeing DC fuck their shit up that he's like, uh, well, hey, are, how, are you? I heard a rumor that you're not doing these. Like, no, I'm still on this book and I'm going <laughs> to yeah. be on this book. And we're looking at a two, oh, three year plus run now. 30, yeah, 40, yeah. Yeah, it's been almost four. No, almost. It's like three. It's like three and some change. Yeah. Of of like three or four different story arcs. Mm-hmm. Uh, continuous popularity. One of the highest selling New Fifty Two books. This is the. This is also the book where uh, eventually Joker cuts his own face off, right? This no, is, see that. Started or was that Detective Comics? Detective. Oh, okay. That started in Detective. It bled over, of course. Of course. But but it, it was Detective. <laughs> bled <As> over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it became famous from you know the cutaways. <laughs> oh God. Oh uh, man, you know, you know, Joker's kind of the face of uh, the Batman. <laughs> 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 Batman lore. I'm just, just going to shut the kid you off. Know, Fuck hey, it. Hey, he's got a. Hey, you know he's got a real ear for. <laughs> okay, so uh, we're we're clearly this is a long episode, which yes. is fine. So because it's, it's so long episode. and we've talked about it, um, we'll start by Bar Burn, and we're going to go with you last because we know what you're going to say. Okay, Andy, uh, borrow. It's it's in the top the fuck? fifteen <laughs> Batman storylines, but it's not like the top ten. Okay. Um, I think that I could probably list off ten titles that I would recommend to someone before this. It's good. I'm not saying it's bad by any means, but it, there are better Batman stories to read. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go borrow, and that is only because I'm not like deeply committed to the Batverse. But as Bat stories go, this is one of the best Bat stories I've read. So. Being as I told you which bad stories I read, take that as you will. Uh, I would actually go by with this one, um, especially if if I can get. Now I don't trust DC's uh, release schedules for anything for trades, but if if they had Court of Owls and, and City of Owls in a hardcover, there is. It's huge. It's like it, it exists. They, they, There's a hardcover like of that. Fucking thick. It's hardcover and it's got the whole. Owl. Nice. I'm buy that. Buy that. I'm yeah. buying buy that. I would buy that. Both. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely going to buy that. Um. So. So. Yeah. I would actually go buy, especially if you're a Batman fan, because if for no other reason, it's. I love the artwork. Like Capullo's art is fantastic in this book, and I really like the. I really like his art in, in it, and Snyder is a fantastic writer. So I'm. I'm definitely a buy. 
to sum this up, because we already know my answer, <laughs> I'll say a couple of things. Um, I've read a varying number of bat stories. I will say it's probably not the top, but it, it's very, sure. very good. It's very good. Uh, and I believe that when I go back to read it later, I'll still feel the same way. Mm. Uh, the reason why I'm going to say bye is because of that, because like I read Hush and then I reread Hush and I didn't feel the same way about Hush on my reread. Mm. And if I don't feel the same... Negative or positive? You you felt worse about I felt Hush? I worse. I did not feel as good. Wow, because I, I went the polar opposite. Like the first time I read Hush, I hated it. And the second time I read it, I was like, I actually really like this now. Like So Long Halloween, I read it, years went by, I reread it, and I felt better. I was like, man, this, you know, so this seems like something that I can reread next year, the year after, and Mm -hmm. still feel that, still get that feeling of like, man, this is really good. And um, that's why I would recommend and say bye. So, fair listeners, this is unfortunately Eddie Isaac's final regular episode of the show. I can't understand what you're saying. (laughs) Uh, Tell me where he is. Eddie has Eddie's decided that um, uh, we've tortured him enough. He needs to be free of the show, and thus has has. Implored his employer to uh, move him to fucking Germany to get the fuck away from us. First of all, one, so. I do the torturing. <laughs> Let's get that straight. Secondly, <laughs> I think he's talking about torturing himself, which is eh, it's probably in this book somewhere. You will tell me uh, where they are. Autoerotic torturing. There you go. Uh, there you go. It's the, the dark. Uh, Had me a fine brimping. <laughs> Where in Germany are you moving, sir? Grafenvier, which is like uh, right, I forget exactly how many, I won't say miles, kilometers <laughs> from the Czech border. So I want to say from where I'm at to Prague is like a two-hour drive or Ooh, something. Nice. Prague's awesome. Yeah. My wife's been there, and she said it was fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, of the places in Europe she's been, Prague and Germany are two of her favorites. Yeah, so I'm definitely so. going to get out there, venture out, try to see as much as Europe, of Europe. Yeah, as, no shit. High five I guess, a golem. As I can, as job and money allow. <laughs> if you yeah. have if you have weekends free, then oh, yeah. like hop on a fucking train, you can go you wherever know. you want, man. Exactly. Um, you get to go to you get to go to um, G- Gen- Leipzig uh, Gamescom. Gamescom. Oh, yeah. God, that's gonna be awesome. You're you're there for how long? Three years minimum. Nice. Nice. I think I, depending on if I like it, I think I'm gonna try to do six, but three years minimum. That's awesome, man. So I'm, Seems good. I'm, I'm fucking, I'm super fucking pumped. Psych. Yeah, Yay! I would be too. Congrats, I've got man. That, I've that's got uh... that chub thing going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> Geography boners. <laughs> yes, half half of it very happy, other half kind of sad. Giant steins of beer. Oh my god, real beer. Good beer. beer. Good, real good beer. The worst beer you get there is still better it's than still... most of the shit you get here. Oh, man. At least you, domestic. Trappist when you, gales. When you mm. sit down and drink a beer and like somebody's like, hey, you want another? And you're like, I, I don't know. Like I don't know if I can handle another because <laughs> I'm like pretty fucked up already. We went, uh, when we were in Europe, we went and visited a friend in Switzerland and we, we literally walked across the German border and into Germany. And there was a border like basically a shopping mall mm-hmm. um, that a lot of the Swiss people in Basel would shop in because it was way the fuck cheaper yeah. than shopping in Switzerland, right? right? Um, we went to this mall thing and wandered around and went to the food court and right there was some little shitball food place that had 
you know, half liter and liter steins of Hefeweizen that was fucking fantastic in a mall food court. Wow. <laughs> it's like, yeah, and that's what we did. We went there, we wandered around, we got some beer, got some cheap, cheap ass German food. It was what pretty I love, fucking what I, awesome. What I, think, what I love about what I've heard about Europe and what I've experienced from previous visits is that it's just part of the, you know, drinking is part of the culture. It's not, yeah. it's not, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's so. It's not verboten. <laughs> yeah, it's so look. I wouldn't say looked down upon, but it's so it's negative not in America. Weird. Yeah, America. I feel like with drinking and sex, have like like they want you to do a lot of it, but also feel but really guilty about feel it. Feel really guilty and don't tell anybody and about don't it. Don't tell anybody, yeah. and it's weirdly yeah. gendered. And, and but in like you know Europe, especially and and more so in Asia, uh, at least especially Southeast Asia, it's like alcohol and sex have just they're just part of the culture, and mm-hmm. it's not you know it's not stuff bad thing it's i not mean weird and puritan I, yeah i talked about in japan how they go after work they go out and drink all together and they get fucking sloshed and then they go to work in the morning or if you go there for business it's you will not you're you have expected to, you have to take a five-day trip because the first four days you will not do any business you will yeah. drink <laughs> and you will be drunk every night and then on the fifth day it's like okay yeah we sealed the deal and you're like wait i don't think we ever talked about it but okay sure it would be fun to live in a culture where you drink enough that that people are just like they don't get hangovers, they're, yeah, or they or they handle them a fuckload better than most Americans I've seen, do. <laughs> I've seen guys, I've seen guys in their business suits coming out of the bar at five o'clock on a Thursday, knowing they have to go to work Friday. You know this dude is hammered, like you can just tell he's fucking stumbling, he's hitting the curbs and everything. I'm like, damn, bro, you 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 got like how are you gonna deal with that? Yeah. You're not that much time before you got to get to work. But yeah, um, day drinking is the best drinking. I went I went on a business trip to California uh, when I was working for Nintendo, and we got back to the we got back to the hotel room. I got back to my hotel room at three a.m. lit, and <laughs> I woke up at seven a.m. still drunk and <laughs> yes. had to go work. <laughs> so still drunk. Oh man, I, that happened to me not that long ago. Where I woke up the next day, and I mean, I was like, fuck. I I don't even know how I'm supposed to do this. I think yeah. I, actually, I came on, I came to the show one time and I was still drunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, I, I don't want to call. I don't want to not show up because of that. I'm like, I'm not sick, but I know there's still some alcohol in there somewhere. <laughs> oh, man, uh, might as well get started with my day, and maybe that'll just go away over time. Uh, overall, though, uh, you know, ever since I met you guys and gals at uh, EC or yeah, Emerald City, City? Yeah. yep. And you know we had a fucking two hour conversation. <laughs> it's like a four hour conversation. It was long. Yeah. It was three and a half years ago. Now it was yeah. yeah it was long. Three and a half years ago, I showed up the second day. I run into Anne, and she's like, Eddie, <laughs> and I'm like, Anne, right? And she's like, Come back to our table because you know we got to talk about you being on the show and this and that. Yeah. And I was like, Okay, you know, because I remember whatever. that you'd st- you'd stood at the table for three hours yeah. basically just bullshitting with us yeah. and I, I remember the very first thing that happened was you're like yeah I gotta go I got meeting a friend or something and you walked away and the very first thing that happened is Andy and I turned to each other and we're like you know if he can sit here and bullshit with us about comics for three hours he could probably do that with a microphone in front of his face yeah. <laughs> and we're like we should get him on the show you know one of the main things I remember was Luke's like you know okay yeah so you know blah blah show 
And if, after a couple minutes, he goes, oh, by the way, it's a non-paying gig. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's like he wanted to make sure that I didn't do my first episode and go, okay, so when's the uh, when the checks? Hey, when, I, when had to, I had to make sure. When are the, when are the checks? We will uh, give you 100% of the, pro- the proceeds that we made from the show. Yeah, 100% of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that and then there was Adventures of PAX mm-hmm. and... Mm-hmm. God, fucking packs. Oh, packs. Yeah. I was so fucked up that yeah, one. Yeah, I, I think we were, that yeah. One. I, I like you say that one time. No, yeah. no one. <laughs> I got lit at packs too, and we did that show with, uh, with, um, the, Jeff, Jeff uh, there. Jeff yeah. And, you know, the lost episode with the, the sheep, sheep story. Oh, God. And, I mean, you know, to have Jeff almost fall out of his chair when I'm telling this story, it was, yeah. you know, great times. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on the show and talk about... Thank you for dragging yourself so far to get here. Yeah. 54 miles. Oh, oh, it was even worse when it was uh, up at at Luke's. Yeah. Like that, you know, that was... That's another 15 miles north of here. It's pretty much a day trip. It's like it was a day trip at that point. Um, But uh, yeah, I appreciate, you know, being invited on the show. Uh, I'm really going to cherish the time yeah of course yeah. I, I know it's not the end but it's almost like it feels like the end. well i mean <laughs> well, you it, won't be hanging out here discussing yeah not so much. yeah 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 and and uh, of course we hope that like we we know if you're technologically busy, we know that we can do easy, the the yeah. skype thing it's just a matter of actually trying to do it for a real show but yeah. we can you know if we can work out the schedule We'd of course love to have you, you know, from Germany or wherever. You can tell us stories about German comic cons if you yeah, ever go to one. For sure, yeah. oh, without um, a doubt. But uh, I, I wanted to say that, man, you've been a fantastic addition to this show for the last three and a half years. Well, thank and you, sir. we, uh, I. You and I agree on very little, but you're w- <laughs> but you're one of the few people that I can disagree with, and we can still just have a discussion about right. it without it being some kind oh, of big uh, fucking deal. a blood feud. Yeah, <laughs> to right. The, 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 um, we could kill do the without- next six generations of your family. <laughs> <laughs> wow, dude! All I just said is I didn't like something. You've offended me, and I will not stand for this anymore. Uh. <laughs> So I probably had a blood view with Andy at some point. Yeah, probably. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's more accepting of the idea. Yeah, you go right ahead with that. That's uh, <laughs> uh, right. yeah. I've, uh, a fresh blood view in the morning. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> got to start the day off right. Yeah, for sure. Blood view, breakfast I've, of champions. I've, I've really enjoyed it. You know, uh, I, I I really there's so many things I've enjoyed about the show. I I, mean, I enjoy discussing something that I like with people that know enough about the topic to actually have a sufficient viewpoint where, where I, mm. you know, I have one of the biggest things is I'll try to discuss something with someone and then all they know is like the cinematic universe. Yeah. And then, and, but, but based off of that, they believe that they know every fucking thing. Cause yeah. they're like, well, I saw the fucking movie. I saw the dude, Batman trilogy. Yeah. It's like, dude, do you <laughs> know Batman, Batman was like originated in 1940, bro. <laughs> there is years of shit before Christopher Nolan's movies. Yeah. And so I know you've had discussions with us in the past about how like uh, it's kind of rough being in the military and being a nerd because it, it, it's like there's just not a lot of comic book geeks and yeah it's you know, it's, in the it's army. very difficult and then the ones that are they're very shy about it you don't you find yeah. out because you're in your comic book store and somebody comes in you're like wait I know you holy yeah. shit wait you work like close to where I work or something is there like is is there I have to imagine that the fucking nerd kind of attitude is more amplified maybe in the military and maybe that's why they're they're shyer well i can definitely say this when it comes down to that especially working with the people that i work with in that culture there are people who have been like who the fuck reads comic books and i'm like and i and i pretty much take on the persona like 
Okay, yeah, I read comic books. Yeah, I do, and I play video games. But you know what? I also fucking shoot guns, and I can choke you out. So, like, <laughs> like come come at I me, bro. Like, yeah. Batman. So it's like, yeah. So it's like, just because I have these other hobbies does not take away from my manhood or anything like that or my testosterone levels. Like, I, you know, I just have hobbies that I enjoy, and that's why I said the end earlier. Like, some people are just jealous. Yeah. That they don't have hobbies. They don't have anything that they can talk about and be yeah. passionate about and enjoy. So don't be upset with me because I like what I like and I'm really not. Or they're still stuck in the attitude of of their hobbies are the best hobbies and everybody exactly. else's right. hobbies can go fuck. I've sat at work during lunchtime with people watching me and read a Wonder Woman trade. And somebody was like, "What is that a comic book? Yeah. What? Like, yes. Yes, it <laughs> yeah. is. I'm reading fucking Wonder Woman. What's your problem? Like, what's the issue? And you know what? It's great. Yeah, and it's fucking great. Maybe if you could pick up a fucking book every now and then yourself. There you go. I've said this. I've oh man, I've gotten. I, th- like, I think we just tapped the and, rage. And people have been like, "Chill, dude." Like you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. How about you pick up a fucking book? Like you know what I mean? So I, you know, but that approach to it causes people to go, "Hey, you know, I look, man, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't mean anything, but I was just, you know, whatever." Um, but like I said, you know, I enjoy discussions that we've that we've had, Luke. Yep. You know, Facebook and otherwise. <laughs> you are you are a fucking legendary rager on Facebook. I thought I thought I could fucking rage on Facebook. Man, I feel your shit when you when you go into a rant. Yo, I feel that shit like deep down. I'm like, yo, I don't even know if I want to address this. And then you know, it's so funny because I know that as soon as I address it, you're gonna be like, you know, Eddie, like you're being a dick. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of, you know. Because I know it's gonna get you. Fucking, I know you're, it's gonna amplify you and make you rage more. Well, what, that's thing. what's gonna make Luke get really pissed off. What words can I put? Yeah. Oh, I've got an idea. Got, I'm just gonna put this. Yeah. Let's let's wait for his reaction and I, you just hear the explosion. <laughs> you, off you, the you could hear like, it. Oh, well, he just I read also, my post. I also appreciate having people that I can that you can say something like that and I'll be like, go fuck Dr. yourself. <laughs> and you're like, ha ha, yeah. I'll talk to you at the <laughs> show yeah. tomorrow. See you Bye. later. <laughs> See you later. Uh, uh, Andy, you know, you you are a unique character, <laughs> and and I say that no, and I say that in the in the the from the deepest pits of my heart, man. You you've uh, you're you're definitely one of my favorite people. Just to you know go back and forth and bullshit with because you definitely have a unique spin on on a lot of on a lot of things on a lot of uh, different comic book issues, and I think probably we share the most similarities as far as this you know the stuff that we like taste. And the, yeah taste yes we share we share the finest the, the, the finest, finest ta- the, the finest the taste, best taste the best taste and uh i'll definitely miss i'll definitely miss some of our side our side <laughs> conversations <laughs> that we've had that's made luke go oh come on guys edit this out god yeah. damn it god uh and it takes so it long takes. <laughs> and yeah for sure and one of my favorite people. You do not. You don't understand how much I love Anne Bean in the sense of like I'm not married to her. <laughs> there are several people that I love that I'm not married. Like, to. and I and I mean and I mean that that well, you know, the, one of the last times I saw Anne was at uh, PAX, and I damn near jumped in Anne's <laughs> lap. I was drunk. I was like, Anne, yes. I haven't seen you since. She was like, Oh my, Eddie. Oh my God. Like, Oh, oh Jesus. And uh, how's it going there, bro? Yeah, she's like, I, I wasn't ready for that, but I guess I'm in it now. Uh, and and you know, I will say this: some of the things you open my eyes to are are definitely some of the portrayals and some of the things that happen in the comic book industry that a lot of us don't focus on as comic book fans. You know, we don't see we we don't ever see the uh, ob- objectivity 
that's the blatant objectivity of you know of objectification. There you objectivity go. Objectivity is a different object. Thing. Okay, objectification. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Professor Wadley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it's uh, yeah, exactly. You yeah, with the yeah, you mean, with the well, actually. Call back. Yeah. Um, uh, well, actually, yeah. too. <laughs> Uh, a lot of us, a lot of us as fans, we don't ever notice the objectification. Yeah, uh, especially when it's blatant, only because it's it's become the norm. It's culture, and yeah, it's become the norm. It's part of a culture, and you know, at the same time, uh, I believe that you you need that perception just so your eyes can be open mm-hmm. to these things. The the you know the misogyny, or whether it's the misogyny or the ethnic bashing or whatever it may be. That doesn't necessarily need to be there for us to continue to enjoy certain things. So bagel bombs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I, I will uh, miss and Bean's unique point of view yeah. and your interesting tastes in comics. <laughs> like the first time I read something, interesting is one word. Sintulo. <laughs> the first time I read something that you recommended, I was like, "The fuck!" What was Excellent. The, My work here is done. What was the uh, the Glenn Danzig, um, Glenn, Henry and Glenn, Glenn, Glenn for, yeah, Henry or, and Glenn, yeah, forever Henry, and ever. Yeah. I've got a couple issues behind yeah. you. <laughs> so I'm, I'm definitely going to miss the time on the show. It's, I, I, can't I say appreciate enough. that I can talk about justice and not have, well, I mean, I speak to, uh, for all of you. None of you shut me up when I'm talking of, if I'm railing about misogyny, which I appreciate. I think Eddie's talking right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget don't forget about Joel, who and, unfortunately yeah, couldn't Joel, be here. Like, you know, Joel is like the silent partner <laughs> because he's a member of the show and we have to always say, Joel, what do you think? And yeah. he's like, oh, well. You know, he has so a, many opinions a, before the mics before are turned he, on. Yes, yes. And then as soon as the mics come he, on, he's it, just silent. It's like, you know, pre-ramble stuff. It's like, Joel is just like, yeah, blow load. Then like, mics turn on. He's like, I need a nap and a sandwich. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I And, and Joel, you know, being, I think he's like the core Marvel guy. You know, that's his, that's probably some of his favorite stuff to read. And I believe he's more definitely the center of the traditional superhero aspect and the things that he likes and you know you, you need that too because at the, at the same time i believe there aren't that many people there there's not that's the the definitely the older generation you know the yeah. the new generation of my generation is not about the traditional superhero and, and mm-hmm. i i appreciate the fact that joel still joel still admires that mm-hmm. you know the traditional superhero the campy shit that yep. you that you don't like yeah <laughs> correct like, fucking campy, <laughs> campy correct shit. i don't want to hear super villains in the dick yeah, yeah yes. is you know all that and um I think that's the only people that have actually been on the show consistently. Oh yeah, that's mm-hmm. the, that's our that crew. Is the core, that's our crew. That is the core group. This is a the crew for the Trade Secrets podcast has been solid and consistent for the entire run of the show, with the exception yeah. of Zero. Uh, yeah, with the exception of Zero, which Micatron was on and Joel um, was not, and Joel was not. Um, and uh, I forgot to bring this up on the last episode, so I'll bring it up now that. Uh, 80, episode 81 of this show is where we officially surpassed the run of the After the Fact podcast. Yeah. Eat a dick after the fact me. <laughs> Which uh, you were also on the After the Fact podcast yes. a few times. Um, I was one of the most consistent members. After a while, yeah, yeah absolutely. And with the exception of the host who had to be there. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Like, there was, did we ever have a fireside chat on After the Fact? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, there was the shorts. But that uh, might have been. Well, no, I think I think Eddie and I had an episode that was just the two of us just, bullshitting about a game. Um, it might. It, it I, I'd have to go back and look. It's been a while, you know. Yeah. Um, but 
but yeah, I mean, you know, you've been you've been part of the Geekerific family now since 2000, 2011, March of two thousand eleven. Something like that. Was, yep, that was the uh, that was the uh, Emerald City Comic Con where we met you. Pretty sure it was two thousand eleven. Because mm, we, well, maybe it was two. You know, no, you're right. It was two thousand twelve because we started. Uh, we started we after the fact. We started the after first. the fact. We started after the fact in. 2010, beginning of 2010, yeah. and we started Trade Secrets a year after that. Yeah. We at the Emerald City Comic Con in 2011, and so it was the year. It was 2012 that you joined the show. Um, been a an awesome member of the show again. Thank you. thank you for your thank you for your part. Hopefully, we'll be able to get you back on for the occasional episode if you're uh, if you want to Skype in or if you ever get a chance to come back to the states or something you and, and have some that time. I will be drunk. When I Skype in, that's totally <laughs> fine. It will be like, like I was gonna say it'll be like seven or eight in the morning <laughs> in a, or at night, at night there, and so like you should you should probably just assume that I will probably already have alcohol. Uh, that's totally me. fine as long as you're fine with me muting you occasionally, so we can <laughs> actually get a word in edgewise. I really suggest that some of the listeners go back and if Luke hasn't edited it out, I always try to make sure that I said like behind the scenes things. Under my breath, <laughs> while other people were talking, <laughs> so like listen really hard because you'll probably hear some ridiculously funny shit that you didn't hear the first time. But uh, to the listeners out there, hey, you know I hope you enjoyed my my comical banter and uh, my my love of Batman. And you'll still be around on Facebook, right? Yeah, of so course. You'll still yeah. participate Facebook, in the Facebook uh, Facebook you know page. You can yep. still talk comics on there with yep. some of our fans and Just stuff. Him, Twitter, I'm at Sambo Black. Really? You're not no, going with Grape no, Doctor? I, no, I'm at Grape Doctor. <laughs> Samba Black is my email. Don't email me. <laughs> that, that's like, don't I, finish it and they can't. Yeah. Don't say the second part it's of it. really not that hard, though. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, just uh, Twitter, uh, Grape Doctor, yep. uh, comics, video games, whatever, random mm-hmm. bullshit that you want to talk about. I'll be happy to entertain or listen or, or well, not listen so much uh, right right back yeah. there you go read, read and write read pen and write pals. yeah pen pals yeah i can always use more of them i've got a friend who lives in germany and we tweet at each other exactly <laughs> a strictly plutonic twitter relationship hell yeah man so uh <laughs> playing for tweets this has been this has been episode 82 we have uh all the episodes through episode 91 Ironically, out. 82 is the year of my birth. Hey. There you go. Yeah. Oh, and my birthday was three days ago? What? what? Happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday. birthday. Yep. Um, yeah, we're... Happy birthday. Get the fuck off yeah, the show. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye, loser. I don't know. I don't There's know. A blunt feud for moving to Germany for three years is a pretty fucking awesome uh, birthday present. That's a great present. birthday present. So, um, next episode will be Hellboy, the first two volumes. Uh, Wake the Devil. It's a library uh, edition. Library edition. First volume is Wake the Devil and... Uh, Seed of Destruction, and <clears throat> yep, they're both in there. Uh, I don't remember the rest of them, but I've talked about them on the other shows, so we'll worry about it later. Uh, we've got a, all the way through uh, a long read of Lucifer, which is coming up on episode 90. A um, bunch of stuff in between now and then. Uh, if you want to be part of the show, uh, you can email us at tradesecretsatgeekerific.com or hit us up on the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash podcast. That's the group that Eddie will participate in and has participated in. Uh, you can 
hit us all up on Twitter. Eddie already said his Twitter handle. Andy, what's yours? Mathtastrophe. And? And being tweets. I am at Geeky Leet. Uh, Joel is at Superfly, spelled weird. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of want to make a, like a super long Twitter name that is actually Superfly, spelled weird. <laughs> like S-U-P-E-R-F-L-Y, spelled weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, we love to get fan mail. We haven't gotten a we haven't gotten a lot recently. Uh, but if you if you want to send us an email or fire something on the on the group, we will definitely uh, get to it on the show when I remember. I would say there's one <laughs> you forgot from a while back. Yeah. Um, but uh, for the next episode, if you want to talk to us about the first two uh, first two trades or the library edition of Hellboy, send us some send us some stuff to talk about. Uh, thank you, Anne, for Gotham needs you coming. Thank you, Andy. Hail Satan. Uh, thank you, Eddie, for one, for driving up here from Tacoma, and two, thank you for the last couple of years of, of being a consistent rockin' member of the show, and we will see you again, hopefully, uh, in cameo appearances uh, Swear to me. <laughs> on the show. <laughs> I am Luke. This has been episode 82 of the Trades of Podcast, and we are out. Better, do it faster, makes us stronger than ever. Hour after hour, work is